0: You put this inner chatter aside. How did you do that? Well, I think first noticing it. So maybe even taking one step back, Raquel, becoming present. So in advance of a conversation or a coaching session or a talk with colleagues, I would make a conscious decision to be fully as fully present as I could. So I would notice things. You know, my, my little trick back then and, and now is still feeling my feet on the ground. And if I'm sitting, feeling my body in the chair and maybe just taking one or two conscious breaths, it's just a matter of a few seconds, but bringing my attention into the present moment.
1: Hi. I am your host Raquel Arc and welcome to Your Listening Superpower Podcast. This show opens your mind on ways to transform challenging conversations into opportunities for clarity, connection, and ease at work and at home. Discover how to grow your listening superpower to help you become a more effective communicator. Be inspired by conversations with authors, scientists, and leaders that will help you grow your leadership toolbox with strategies that you can use right away. Let's work smarter and feel better with our listening superpower. Welcome to the Listening Superpower podcast show. It is really a pleasure to have you. We've known each other for a long time, so I'm really excited that we can record this conversation. Thank you, Raquel, it's an absolute pleasure
0: and an honor to be here with you.
1: I wanted to start this podcast with a question that I ask all the guests, and that is, when did you start to notice, or what was the moment that you started to notice the power of listening, whether it worked or it didn't work? Wow, great question.
0: I have been working with leaders, for about 15 years now in the capacity as uh, of coach and facilitator so very early on i was taught how important and central listening is as a as a coaching and as a leadership capacity and so as i was starting out as a coach i was focusing a lot on Listening without judgment and listening in an open and curious way. And I noticed, if I keep it to myself, when I wasn't able to put my own preconceived ideas, judgments, opinions gently to one side and consciously choose to open up and really just receive what was being said in the present listening didn't work because it was i was too busy inside and it was all about me and on those occasions it really worked it was because i was able to put the inner chatter gently to to one side and just open up and be a channel for listening and i knew it worked because Together, we discovered new things. You put this inner chatter aside. How did you do that? (laughs) Well, I think first noticing it. So maybe even taking one step back, Raquel, um, becoming present. So in advance of a conversation or a coaching session or a talk with colleagues, I would make a conscious decision to be fully as fully present as I could so I would notice things. So just literally, you know, my my little trick back then and, and now is still feeling my feet on the ground. And if I'm sitting, feeling my body in the chair and maybe just taking one or two conscious breaths, it's just a matter of a few seconds, but bringing my attention into the present moment... And by being present, I was able to then notice how how restless or busy or chaotic or tired I was, and, and this chatter in my head. I was able to notice it, and and then just simply making a conscious decision to metaphorically lay it to one side. And it sounds simple. It is simple. That the decision and the choice is simple. It's not always easy, it takes practice.
1: When you started doing this, because I could imagine that in the beginning, you probably caught yourself having chatter in your mind, you know, and then you'd have to go back to putting it aside. Probably There was probably a muscle that needed to be built there. Um, what did you notice about the impact on the person you were coaching once you recognized that and started practicing putting these thoughts aside or becoming present?
0: I would notice different things. So people would relax and open up. And it was often quite subtle, uh, sort of nonverbal signals, but people would sort of settle into the conversation as if they could kind of relax into a space that was being made by me putting my chat by putting my internal chatter to one side it was almost as if a space opened up in the conversation or in the space between me and the other one so I would notice a sort of settling relaxing and and an opening up a natural what's the word I'm looking for not desire but um, willingness a natural willingness to open up and And actually be a little vulnerable even in what they were telling me and it would become our conversation would become a journey of exploration
1: and discovery I love the I love thinking about conversations as a a journey of learning and discovery I love that and you know I just that reminds me that just the other day I had um a coaching session with someone who had just taken a workshop, and they had a one on one after and they said, "You know, I always thought of communication as a goal to to achieve something, and actually the goal should be the communication in of itself <laughs> you know and I think what he meant maybe it wasn't in these words, but what he meant was kind of like the the if we focus on this communication part, which is listening, has a lot to do with listening to each other and checking in and not only understanding each other, but then giving the space for things to emerge where we're on this journey together, then that's where amazing things can happen.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. I I, I often say that um, really listening with this intent to be open, curious, non-judgmental and kind of to discover uncharted territory inside the, you know, the heads of the other. You may even say the heads and the hearts of the other because it's also about understanding intentions of the other, motivations of the other, emotions of the other, you know, what might maybe matters to the other one. Uh, in terms of engaging with a project or a challenge or whatever, so going back to that you know that intention and discovering uncharted territory can reveal real jewels and surprises and yeah and th- and that in a way is the goal It's the discovery that's the goal and 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 yeah, taking steps forward based on on what you discover on what mm.
1: you discover. With that in mind, can you think of a moment or an example right now where where that happened? Yes. That you'd like to share I, with our I, audience. Yeah. Yes.
0: Thank- I have a, a very personal example of this, which was a very humbling, beautiful learning moment. And that was, it was about 10 years ago now when my son, Alex, was about nine years old and I was putting him to bed one evening and he was lying in the the top layer of his bunk bed at the top and I was standing next to him and our faces we were sort of at eye level and he turned to look at me and he said mum I wish I was dead and um you can maybe imagine that at that point you know my breath literally caught in my throat and i felt my heart skip a beat and my inner chatter started to run away with me uh very very quickly i mean it's amazing we have such a powerful intellect and it can also run off powerfully uh down a down a pathway which isn't very helpful and it was all around oh my goodness you know my son is, is 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 so uh suffering so sad so unhappy he wants to die how can this be how can i not have noticed this um oh my goodness i'm a terrible mother and as you can maybe sense within seconds it had become all about me and my failure my fear and my failure as as a mother and i kind of caught myself because I had been practicing, listening in my capacity as a coach, I I was able to catch myself and just take a deep breath and relax my shoulders and relax my face. I mean, this all happened in in seconds. And I just said something like, tell me more. Tell me about that. My son Alex started to tell me about how he had been watching this wonderful film. It was one of the Disney films, and there was a, this fantastic paradise like place full of colors and music and spirit animals. And there were wolves, and there were bears, and there were tigers. And it was just a beautiful place. And all these animals were, you know, playing with each other and singing and dancing. And he wanted, to, he wanted to be there. He wanted, he wanted to be a tiger or a wolf or a bear because they were strong animals. And he wanted to be in that place. But quite simply, to be in that place, you had to die. Because it was the animal heaven or the spirit animal heaven and as he was telling me this you know his eyes lit up and he became animated and he turned to me and said that place is much better than school schools really boring if i could you know go there it would be great fun you know so obviously our conversation kind of opened up and went from there and i could really feel the connection and the joy and the lightness and the love in him and in in the connection between us and it was an incredibly humble uh, moment of learning for me. I was grateful that I was able to catch myself and stop, put aside my internal chatter and create a space for discovery because, you know, what I discovered was was beautiful and had nothing to do with what my
1: frightened uh, mother's adult mind had started to imagine. It's amazing how fast that happens. And probably as soon as he started talking about this other piece, your legs were like... <laughs> phew almost collapsed good he's okay but it's amazing how much we have in our minds and it's like oh gosh if people listened in on our minds they'd think we were crazy right yes
0: (laughs) I think yes they would Uh, you know this I call it the kind of uh, manic monkey chattering mind you know it kind of runs away with you before you know it and it is it is a practice a lifelong practice, I think, to ju- to notice that, not judge it, and kind of just bring yourself back firmly but gently in whatever conversations we're having. Um, and of course, the hardest time to do that is either you know, like when your son, nine-year-old son, drops you know something like that into a moment that you're least expecting it, or, for example, when you don't dis when you don't agree. Or even when you strongly disagree, you know, with with the person in front of you, or when what's going on, stopping that internal chatter can be, yeah, it can be quite a quite a challenge.
1: Well, I was just thinking, um, you know, about even now connecting that, let's say, into the business world, and often, you know, we we get these messages from, from our boss or announcements or, you know, that there's change going to, change is going to happen or whatever. And then our, this inner chatter just really gets in our way. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's good to think about things, but where it takes you down this rabbit hole, that's not of service to being able to know what step to take next, then, or how to, or if it impacts how we interact with other people in ways that are not I don't know if healthy, you know, for ourselves or for, for the people in our in our space, you know, it can really, it can be, um, it can be a big challenge, you know, to to become aware of that and then to know what to do to bring ourselves back so that we're, our minds are clear again and um, we can sense into what's there. You talked about first noticing the power of, of listening 15 years ago, and then you talked about the story now with your son, where that was a big, that was a a eye-opening or heart-opening type of situation. Um, Now, if you look at the last, you know, few years, and you think about your work and what you do, and I know that you've also, you know, written a book in the last couple of years, what, uh, what maybe is surprising you, or what have you discovered, and maybe you can give an example of how Listening is impacting you in ways that you hadn't realized was possible. It's it's interesting listening to the
0: question as you ask it and noticing that two very recent examples kind of pop up into my awareness as you're asking the question. And these uh, these examples are from only from last week. I was in a sort of two-day intensive, I suppose you could say, working meeting, get-together with, um, with six other leaders that I I, I work with on a, a very regular basis. And there were two moments when sort of the power of listening really became... Uh, very clear to me. And, and I was surprised. I think you asked about being surprised. I was surprised in particular about how I still, after all these years of practising listening, practising being present and being open and curious and deeply believing in the power of listening as an art, that I still make assumptions and again, that was very humbling. And, and, and I, I realized this because we were sort of in the middle of, of kind of discussing something. And I spoke out uh, a belief that I had, an assumption that I had about three of the other group members, you know, as, as a kind of fact. <laughs> so, you know, you guys are this uh, and I see myself more as that. And at the time, it was sort of in the middle of the conversation Um, And shortly afterwards, all three of them individually came up to me and said, actually, I'm not that. I'm more of this. And it it was in terms of the role and what gave them energy and what they like to do, you know, in terms of the work uh, we're doing. And, you know, you, you asked me what surprised me. I was actually actually more more shocked in a way because I I thought my goodness Joe, you still make assumptions, and I guess relating that you know we all still so easily make assumptions about about other people, about circumstances, um, about teams, whatever. And I I guess that's part of uh, how we're wired as human beings. And we sometimes we do have to make assumptions. I guess if we walk through life totally open and curious, you know, we're having to rediscover the whole time. We probably don't get anything done. But there was a message there to me to tread carefully in, in the sense of being, you know, being aware of how easy it is for me to make assumptions. So that that was one thing I discovered.
1: I love that story, because I think it's very real, very human. And I think this is happening all the time. I know this is happening all the time. And just the fact that, that it happens. And I think it's amazing, though, that all three people were felt, I don't know, vulnerable or confident or not confident, they felt like they could talk to you about it and let you know. Maybe they didn't do it in the group setting, but even individually. And that in and of itself says a lot, you know, even about your character, that they're able to come and talk to you about it and clarify. And so um, and so often these things happen and no people don't come up and talk to us about it. We don't know that we've made assumptions about these people that isn't, that isn't true because they never tell us. So we're in this bubble and we stay there so what's beautiful about this story is yes there are assumptions there and yes now you know what that you have them and that there's actually these three people saw themselves in a different light and that is actually really beautiful
0: yes yeah thank you for reflecting back on that and um Yeah, for me, it was it was a gift indeed that they did come up and felt sort of safe enough to be to be uh, open and honest. And um, and I saw the whole thing, despite being a little shocked at how easily apparently I do make assumptions about people I feel I know quite well. I was very grateful for the learning. It's made me even more aware and certainly alert of the assumptions that I can make. And I think asking myself on a regular basis, what assumptions am I making here, you know, will help me continue to be aware of that.
1: Mm. I sometimes get questions from people like, how do I become aware of my assumptions? You know, you were just, you know, questions that you can ask yourself. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe even writing things down before you go into a situation helps us to become conscious of it. Probably if we do Think things than to ask ourselves what could be assumptions, and then even talking to other people about it to see if there's other perspectives. You know, those are some ideas I have. I don't know if you have any other ideas. I I love all of those ideas.
0: And um, just kind of building on what you said, maybe even asking explicitly during a meeting or a conversation, do you hear me making any assumptions in this conversation? know, is there anything you'd like to reflect back to me about maybe biases or assumptions you're hearing from me? And just asking that very, very openly in a conversation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Letting people, you know, inviting people to challenge your thoughts. That's, you know, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so you said that you had two surprising moments and that was one that was a big one. (laughs) What is the other one? I did. Yes. Yeah, so the other one was a more
0: about listening to a circumstance. So I often say I see listening happening at three very interconnected levels. So I can listen to myself, noticing my chattering mind and my thoughts and my feelings. I can listen to the other person or other people that I'm interacting with. And I can also listen or sense into a circumstance or a challenge or uh, a project. So, and this this example is actually uh, on that third, in that third level of listening into a circumstance. Together with a group, with this same group I was with, um, we were going through various tasks and sort of sub projects that we all felt relatively connected with, you know, maybe some more than others, but we were going through these tasks and noticing, you know, where we'd moved forward, um, where actions had been taken, and where nobody had stepped forward to take actions, or somebody had stepped forward, but actions had not been taken, and we weren't moving forward. And around those parts where let's say you could say commitments were made but not kept there was some irritation which I think is very human you know there was some irritation some maybe some tension bordering perhaps sometimes on a bit of blame as well and what was said in the group it wasn't actually me it was an, a colleague of mine said how about if we looked at those areas that the actions have not been taken and the follow-up has not been done, what about if we listen to that as a, as a message? What about if that's trying to tell us something about the commitment or the importance of these actions or something else? You know, what's the message in this? Rather than going to a place of frustration or blame, let's listen to this. So he invited us to take a step back and listen to what these signals were were telling us, and it was incredible because it, it 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 shifted the energy in the conversation. You know, yes, there was still some tension there, but it almost became the tension of more of a creative tension. You know, how can we, you know, how can we work with this rather than trying to fix it or blame people for not having done things.
1: I mean, I, that's a beautiful invitation a beautiful, um, question. And probably that when you said it became more creative, I would imagine that part of what happened there is, you know, a lot of times we're in that blame mode or trying to figure things out, we're under stress mode. Right. And then as soon as that shifts, then we're, you know, our, our, um, you know, our nervous system can calm down and and there's this third thing that we're focusing on instead of taking it personal or getting defensive. And then that helps us think better, right? That helps us to relax. And then those creative juices start kicking in. And plus, we probably see things that we may not have seen because we were so focused on why it wasn't done, right? Or blaming other things, you know, the, the back to those assumptions there. So um, how did that help you as a team connect and move forward we're a group
0: it's it's kind of a team it's a very very connected group with a collective calling um so how did that help us it, it was it was beautiful actually what happened is as well as sort of the creative energy being freed up our our vision kind of opened out as as you referred to instead of just focusing on the actions that weren't being done and for some of us there was some irritation around that we were able to kind of let that go and open up and out. And the result of inquiring together, hey, what could be the message here? Uh, What could be the reason? Allowed for, for us to discover what really mattered to us, what was really important to work on and actually freed up this energy for people in the moment to step forward and say, I'll champion that. Other things which we'd highlighted in the past as being something we wanted to work on actually had no champion. And we were OK with that because we realized that that was not something that really needed to get done. There wasn't a lot of energy for that. And so people stepped forward New, uh, let's say, commitments were were renewed and made, I wouldn't say renewed, I think new commitments were made and it's incredible. I mean, um, it's only been a few working days since we were together and stuff is moving forward faster than I think it's moved forward in the, in the last weeks, you know, in a matter of days, it's like energy's been freed up because we've recalibrated what's important to us, what really matters. Okay.
1: Okay this is what we're going to do, and this is who's going to do it. Mm. So this is where, this is a perfect example of where listening also helps productivity. Not only does it help with your relationships and getting clear, but it helps productivity. That's what happened there. Yeah, that's great. Beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. I wanted to shift over to um, your book um, and connect that a little bit in terms of what you were talking about earlier Um, with some of the things that are important to you with the listing. We've touched on it, but I know that in your book, you have some things that you focus a little bit more. Your book is called Thrive in Turbulent Times. And turbulent is a a big, big word. It has been a big, big time, (laughs) turbulent time in the last few years. So I wonder what that means for you. And like, what was your driver behind this book? And, you know, for people listening to you and here, so up to this point, they've listened to this nice, calm voice of yours, very calm and clear. So probably they'd be surprised that you have a turbulent book (laughs) or turbulent times. So maybe you can explain that a little bit and then connect it to what you're discovering also about what that means with this listening topic.
0: Yes. Yes, I'd love to. Yes, gosh, I, I think we, we live in a, an era where, where turbulence and disruption have become kind of the norm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a complex, unpredictable world, uh, which can sometimes feel maybe uh, anxious, uh, make us feel anxious, uh, at the very least maybe unsettled. Uh, and and sometimes overwhelming for people. Uh, it's kind of like uh, we we kind of got we get used to one set of circumstances, and then and then before we know it, you know something else has changed. So the only constant thing is change. I know that's a cliche, but I just think the the change, particularly in the last. Few years has just become become more volatile and more unpredictable than ever, which is why I I use this word turbulence. And it's funny, Raquel, how you refer to my voice as being kind of calm, and because I guess one of my biggest drivers in in writing the book and in the work I do, which is 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 pretty much you know in in my book, is helping you helping people to meet this turbulence, uh, either whether it's professionally or personally. I I think the two things can't really be separated. Um, But meeting this from a place of trust and calmness and clarity and ease and to help people connect with and stay calm inside and and be present with whatever that is you know and and from there whatever is you know so whatever challenge however tough it may be to, to to stay present with that and and identify next steps yeah so so I guess that you know my drive is very much about finding the calm in the storm maybe even being the eye. The stillness in the eye of the storm, and meeting life and work and others from from there. Yes. So, give us some highlights on on how we can do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess going back to uh, this thing about you know being present when we were talking about the the, the chattering <laughs> chattering monkey mind and putting that gently to one side, I mean, you still, you first have to kind of be present and aware of what's going on inside of you to to be able to then uh, tap into calm. And I've got this, but well, you said highlight, I mean, I'm very practical. I love to give people kind of practical frameworks or tools that they can apply in their life. So I've got this one thing, which is a sort of five minute, five steps. It happens to be on page 55 of the book as well, I noticed, which is quite funny. So five, five. And that's this kind of five simple steps to becoming really present. And then from there, connecting with the stillness inside which we all have we just don't we're often not connected to it and these five steps are really simple i'm going to go through them really quickly um but it's just like you know if imagine you're sitting you know it's like just feel your feet on the ground and your body in the chair and and then become aware of the clothes on your skin you know where where how the fabric feels on your skin and and where your clothes are maybe tight or loose And then very subtly, you know, see if you can become aware of the air on your skin. And as you're doing this, you're kind of bringing your attention to these kind of physical, sensory, simple things in the moment, which in itself starts to quieten your mind, starts to calm you down a little bit because your brain can't focus on more than one thing at once. So you're focusing on your feet, number one your clothes number 2 the air number 3 and then bring your attention number 4 to the sounds around you and kind of allow those sounds whatever they are you know even if it's a colleague chatting in the corridor outside your room you know allow that to kind of bring your mind and yourself back into the present moment and then finally bringing your attention to your breath and not not feeling you have to change anything about your breath you know you don't have to be a kind of zen in that moment you know just just noticing you know where your breath is is in your body and how quickly or slowly you're breathing so it's these five steps it literally only takes I said five minutes I mean I'm being generous it literally only takes two minutes it's a practice and the more you do it you know the more smoothly the, the better you get at it and you know i say to people just do this just do this twice a day for two minutes and if you do it if you make a commitment to yourself to do it for 10 days you know just notice what it what the effect is on on your state of being it's a doorway that you can walk through to find some more In a calm, in a quiet, in a focus.
1: And the beautiful thing about that is actually, you could do it going into a meeting, or if you're working remotely, you know, you can do this. And it's not like anybody can tell you're doing it, but it's helping you that Abs- moment. Absolutely.
0: That's why I love it so much. And I a lot of people I work with, you know, in the they practice this, they try it out, you know, they do it for 10 I would say 10 days because then it doesn't feel, you know, like you have to do it forever. Do it for 10 days and and discover stuff. And people will often say to me they'll pick, you know, some of the five elements that really work for them to get them more present more centred and more able to then listen and connect to others. You know, so some people say, I feel my feet on the ground when I'm walking from one meeting to the next, you know, assuming they're in the office and they are doing face-to-face stuff. I've got somebody else who springs to mind who says to me, he does a lot of remote work. He says, I take two conscious breaths before I go into the next meeting. Online, and that helps him. So, these things are very practical and can be done
1: um, on a daily basis at work. Nice. I love that. I love that. So, you know, I think this topic is really important, you know, because often we don't realize how busy our mind is or what's keeping it busy. And so, part of this process is to become aware, not to give yourself a hard time about it, but just to keep, help yourself become more present and often when we listen to these voices they end up getting a little bit quieter right and and in reality um if we don't clear our minds it's hard for us to really listen and connect with others you know so often we also want people to understand us and to listen to us but if we aren't listening to ourselves how can we even be clear what's going on in us and how, then how are others going to be clear be able to understand us you know <laughs> so it's 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 all connected yes
0: Mm -hmm. yes it is it is and I love what you say about not beating yourself up or not judging yourself you know if you are restless and have a chattering mind because that that's also important is to accept that you're human and not judge yourself and that that allows you to be more non-judgmental in your interactions with others and more non-judgmental with others which of course is essential as well when you're wanting to be
1: curious and open and listen and discover. When you think of listening, also from this way, do you think of listening, like because the way you've talked about it is you've talked about this full body experience of getting present, basically, which allows you to connect with others. You've also talked about listening to um, situations, you know, or inviting, like listening to um why things haven't gotten done or whatever. So listening into situations that takes this listening to, on a lot of different levels.
0: Yes. Yes. And you did say just now, do, do I see or view listening as a full body experience? And for me, that's a whole hearted, whole minded. Yes. I often say listening is sensing, you know we sense with our five senses and we also have this intuitive sense and for me it's you know not just listening with the ears it's listening with the eyes you know looking at how people's faces change when they say something it's listening with the physical body when you walk into a situation and you feel you know you feel the vibes and you feel maybe you get goosebumps or a strange feeling in your stomach or your heart skips a beat. You know, and in English, we have this saying, um, you can smell the fear. So, you know, maybe you can even use your nose and your sense of smell to listen or at least sense you know what's going on in in conversations and in situations so yes I absolutely see it as a full body experience couldn't couldn't put it better myself thank you for that
1: are there any other questions or anything else you'd like to share with our audience as we come to an end of our to this podcast episode Oh gosh,
0: yes. I think the last thing I'd like to to, to share is um, an invitation, actually, to in your listening practice to also be very appreciative of not knowing and not needing to know. We were brought up and educated to know things, to know the answers, to have a clear view on stuff, you know. And if we don't know, Maybe we can be seen as, uh, uh, as as not very wise or experienced or even trustworthy. So I guess uh, it's really an invitation to be courageous enough and modest enough to embrace not knowing, uh, even if it sometimes uh, feels as dis- as uncomfortable. To embrace not knowing as being important even an important
1: capacity to have to be able to listen well and what is it about that what makes it important what was what is that
0: i think if you embrace not knowing you open your mind to new perspectives new ideas new possibilities the potential and the opportunities that might be present in situations and if you if you know If you think you know something, you narrow down. You're not actually, maybe you don't even need to listen because you already think you know the answer. And uh, embracing not knowing in the moment allows you to to
1: discover new treasures in that uncharted territory we talked about. Yeah, and that helps us stay calm maybe in the turbulent times, I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you know, you just don't know how things are going to turn out when times are turbulent and disrupt- disruptive. You don't know. And if you want to know how things are going to turn out, you're going to get really tense and anxious. So yes, you're right. Embracing not knowing helps you to stay in a place of calm. Well, if
1: people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that, Joe? Ooh, that's a great question.
0: Well... So I'm, I'm present on social media. You can check me out on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, I have a website as well, a couple of websites actually, one that's very linked to my book, JoeBonishevsky.com, And I also have a, a website which is linked to my business, barefoottraining.nl. So you can find me uh, uh, online or on social media before no, i forget you can yes. also buy my book online uh, via my website
1: um so we'll add all of those links to the to the notes so anybody looking to connect with joe or checking out her book please check there it has been such a pleasure to have you joe thank you i'm your host raquel ark and you have just enjoyed your listening superpower podcast this is an independent show so please show your support by subscribing leaving a five-star review, and sharing with your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. What you love, what questions you have, any great guests that you have for the podcast. Email me at listeningsuperpower@gmail.com, at gmail.com or send a voicemail at plus491732340722. Check out listeningalchemy.com if you want to help your team communicate more effectively together. We focus on evidence-based listening strategies, and we do it in a playful and experiential way so that your team can work better and feel better together. Thanks for listening in.